3: 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: All right, second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Everybody, thank you for being here. We've got some news coming out of New York City I wanted to get to. Uh, Oh, I mentioned at the top of the show... Our good friend, Mr. Sean Hannity, the one and only. Uh, he is now a Florida resident, he announced this, uh, which is great. I'm a Florida resident. Sean's a Florida resident. If you started to add up all the people who work in conservative media who either live in or spend at least half the year in Florida, I think people would be pretty amazed at the concentration of uh, media figures, particularly on the right, here in sunshine state but i bring it up because as sean said and didn't mix uh didn't mince any words you know it's because the taxes and the crime and the poor governance and and the mess i mean the reason that so many of us myself included have decided and and i i mean i love new york city i will say this i will always love new york city it will always feel like home to me i think more than any other place but I had to had to make a change. Um and I still go back frequently. My family, half my family is in New York, half my family is now in Florida. Um but I I see what's happening and and this goes right to it. Two things that are really tied together in my mind, um as I think it's obvious that they are. Mayor Eric Adams says this just came out. Uh well, this has been true all along, but he said that and admits that New York City is not allowed to, this is a Daily Mail headline, turn migrants over to ICE agents, and he says that people are going to be sleeping on the streets. Um, There are too many migrants for the system in New York. And I, I agree with you, the term migrants, it's hard to get around this. Let me tell you why. Because they've entered the country illegally, but they are in the country under the false pretense, but it is still the pretense that they are trying to get asylum, And so this is why they are referred to as migrants or asylum seekers. The challenge here is we all know they're not going to get asylum, or 90% of them are not going to get asylum. And we also know that they will not be deported, which is the law as it pertains to asylum. That is what it states if and when they are denied their asylum claim, which almost all of them will be. So do you see what I mean? This is They've created this situation where... You can be attacked. If you say that these are illegal aliens, there are people who are going to say, no, they're asylum seekers. They're just waiting for their day in court. It is bad faith. It is cynical. But you can see how it complicates matters, right? Their entry into the country is illegal. Uh, their refusal to show up at, but the courts are so backlogged now, I think it's 3 million plus cases, 3 million court cases. Think about that. You know, how many immigration judges do we even have? It's a disaster, the whole thing. And it's a disaster that is man-made. The system is overwhelmed, but the system is overwhelmed because of decisions that people in the Democrat Party primarily, but not only, there are Republicans who are right alongside them. They take those checks from the donor class and from the Chamber of Commerce, and they're, oh, we need cheap labor. Think about that all the time. What, really? Really? America's got 330 million people. We have to import cheap labor. Hmm, what's that all about? Why is that labor cheaper? Let's think about this for a minute. Uh, because people are being exploited, and also the costs of dealing with the cheaper labor, particularly with English as a second language in the schools, and with uh, you know healthcare being given in the emergency rooms, that that cost is all socialized onto the taxpayer. And you say, oh. Yeah, no wonder they like they get to pay below rate wages, not pay benefits. And then the extremely high chance, uh, high high probability of being a welfare dependent for the people that are in the country illegally uh, in some way or another is then everyone else's expense. Right. So, yeah, this is great for the people that can use the cheap labor in this way. But uh, it's wrong and it's illegal. And that's why it's illegal. Um, but I bring this up because Eric Adams says that New York City is not allowed to turn migrants over to Immigration and Customs Enforcement. At the same time, the Biden administration is going to court and saying Texas has to remove its razor wire. They are anti-immigration law, period. They do not want enforcement of these laws. They will stand in the way. They will use the force of law to prevent people from enforcing immigration law think about that for a moment think about what the implications are think about what it means that this is the position the biden administration is taking they are on the side of continued lawlessness they are on the side of the continuation of now we're looking at 300,000 a month 300,000 people a month how many of you live in in a city or a town with less than 300,000 people? A lot, probably a vast majority. Of- and you say, well, wh- why does this matter so much? I-, I lay out some of the reasons and and some of the, uh, the the obvious downsides to this. But here's one, and and this one I'm I am particularly uh, irascible on this issue. Because I have a theory, having spent some of my time overseas back in my CIA analyst days in countries that I think Trump would describe as a hellhole, or actually, no, he used a different term, but nasty countries, countries where people um, are, are unfortunately uh, exposed to far too much corruption, disease, violence, disorder, lawlessness, all of those things, right? I'm going to tell you one of the things that you can use right away to tell you about the civilization that you are in and the level of how civil the society is, is what does it do with its trash? That is, it's just the truth. Any of you listening to me who have spent real time in the third world know there is trash everywhere. And no one cares. I mean, it's just, you know, just on on the sides of the highways, people just throw plastic bags full of garbage, full of refuse, you know, boom, sprays open all over the place, all over the place. You go into, uh, into poor countries and there's, if there's any, um, uh, you know, any concentration of people, any population center, there's just garbage everywhere, everywhere. And that to me is always one of the now there are obviously rural parts of poor countries we won't see any garbage but I'm talking about in the, in the city centers the population centers you will see trash everywhere I mean I've been in places where children were walking around in massive slums of of uh, you know cinder sort of cinder block and and sh- I mean I guess you call it a shanty like uh corrugated metal roofs and the most rudimentary no indoor plumbing and walked around, and there's trash absolutely everywhere. In the one place I'm thinking of, there were actually goats that were walking around, just kind of like picking through the trash. Uh, and there are children walking around in little streams that go around the houses, just raw sewage. And this is a bad uh, sign for how a society is doing. Trash. And it has a psychological impact. Now, I'm talking about some of the poorest. I've been in some of the poorest places in the world, um, and it was eye-opening. Now, I'm not suggesting that New York is a poor place, quite the, quite the contrary. New York City is an incredible concentration of wealth, but it's about to get a lot dirtier. And it's getting dirtier because of the budget cuts that are being made to services, and those budget cuts are coming in large part from the billions and billions of dollars that New Yorkers are paying to support the migrants. You see how this all ties in together? 20, in 2024, uh, Mayor Adams has announced that sidewalk trash collection service will be reduced by 40%. 40%. Um I mean, this, now I understand you say, oh, it's trash removal. People are going to be walking around. I know New York as well as anybody. And people are going to be walking around. In midtown, you know, not necessarily so much on the upper east side, not so much in the upper west side. People are going to be walking around in midtown. People are going to be walking around in, in, you know, other more, uh, you know, middle class neighborhoods of the boroughs, you know, densely, densely populated middle class neighborhoods in the boroughs and Queens. It's going to be trash up to their elbows. I mean, it's going to be a disaster and it's wrong. It's wrong because the people who live there should not be subjected to this. They should have clean streets. I, I don't think that clean streets are just some luxury for a society. You know, I, I think that it's like you get, you know, you get indoor plumbing, you get people with with potable drinking water from the tap, and you get clean streets. These are really important things. And the fact that New York City is going to become, how else could you see this, 40% trash reduction, I mean a trash pickup reduction on the streets. It's going to be the dirtiest it's been in, in decades, maybe ever. And why? Because people are coming here who are not supposed to be here, and they're taking money from the taxpayers of the city of New York. That is what is happening. Now, I'm not even talking about there's going to be cuts to the NYPD. There are going to be cuts to other city services. So now we're talking about crimes and other things. But in the same way that graffiti in New York City in the 90s was the most visual depiction of the urban decay, and it was everywhere. There was, I remember this, 1990, 1991. We got former NYPD listening. They know what people live in New York City. Know what I'm talking about? But certainly the cops know. There was just this craze, and it it was, um, it it was like a virus had spread. There's graffiti everywhere, and so wherever you went, you were just reminded: people break the law here. People don't take care of their neighborhoods. People don't care about other people's property. Lawlessness, lawlessness. And now in New York City, people are going to be constantly reminded as they go to walk their dogs as they take their children to school as they trash all over the streets because it's not going to get picked up and what do you think people are going to do they're going to say oh i don't want to be littering here you know i'm i'm going to pick up after myself in times square give me a break a lot of cultures a lot of societies honestly don't really care about trash that's a whole other conversation they don't view it the same way that we do here as americans in america um and that's that's another component of this discussion But, you know, the most important thing is they're cutting back on services so that New Yorkers get to live with trash all around them to make accommodations for people who have made the affirmative decision to lie to Border Patrol and to come to this country in violation of our laws and skip the immigration queue as it currently exists, and Democrats are going to continue this all through to the election. Honestly, if, if anybody who has a problem with this votes Democrat, they don't have a problem with it. They're actually voting for it to continue. Um, and, and I think that it, it is really bothersome that I know that so many people, including my own family members, are going to be walking around on streets that are going to be filthy. Oh, and the, the rat population is going to skyrocket because not only will there be more trash for them to eat, but also as part of this budget change, they're getting rid of the rat control efforts. So now you get to have trash everywhere. I mean, people know this. If they don't pick up trash in New York City, the trash bags get to be like eight feet high. Okay? And there's rats. The rats are already running around. They're the size of sea otters. You know? I got to hold ginger back. I'm afraid ginger's going to be a snack for one of them. Like, it's crazy. And this is a trade-off. All these people vote Democrat in New York City. You know, they're getting what they voted for, folks. For the Republicans who listen to this show in New York and the New York City area and my own family, there's a reason Sean Hannity just moved to Florida. I don't don't know what else to say. I mean, people see this for what it is. People see this for what's really going on. All right, now let's switch gears here. If you're worried about identity theft, you have a right to be. A year ago, the FTC recorded over 1.1 million reports of identity theft scams. 1.1 million. The total tally for the year that just ended is trending to be even higher than that. you likely know the signs of online identity threats, emails from strangers that contain links, text messages from people you don't know, unexplained banking or financial activity, and the list goes on and on. I get texts. I just got a text this morning. Oh, you're, the Amazon driver can't find you. Click here. They're just trying to steal my identity. That happened to me today. And it happens to me pretty frequently. It happens to a lot of people I know. They get these text messages. Oh, the UPS driver can't find you. Click here. Just give us some information. They're stealing your identity. That's what—that's the whole game. That's why you need LifeLock. You need someone to be watching your back. I've had LifeLock for years. Their 24/7 online monitoring, system, monitoring systems do an incredible job of scanning through billions of transactions and account openings, looking for evidence of wrongdoing. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now, save 25% off your first year with my name Buck as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK. That's lifelock.com, promo code BUCK, and you will get 25% off.
1: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on On the the front front lines lines of of truth. truth.
2: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
3: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
1: 995 G O L D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake up call.
0: Healthlock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit healthlock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com. You know, when I tell you about scams
2: at the U.S. Mexico border, I mean scams. I mean big business. That involves the violation of our laws and the abuse of the goodwill of the American people. This is happening in a whole range of ways. I have mentioned before, I have seen these bracelets with my own eyes down at the border where the bracelet is worn to show to the coyotes, the cartel traffickers, that these individuals are paid up with the cartel. Think about that. It's like a, you know, nightclub that requires you wear a bracelet except it's not a nightclub, it's a cartel. I remember border patrol. This is when border patrol used to be able to, you know, was so happy to talk to me and tell me what's going on, the challenge of their mission. I mean, I, I got to tell you the border patrol ride alongs I've done. I really like all the border patrol people I've, I've dealt with, um, the public affairs people, but also just the, you know, the, the line agents. I mean, the guys doing the stuff that they do, they're just really good people and a lot of them are former military. I think something like 25 or 30% of them are former military. You got a ton of veterans working for border patrol. I don't think they get nearly enough. Um, support and praise from the general public. What they're doing is very important, but right now they're overwhelmed. They're not allowed to do their real core mission, but there are scams being run, and here is Bill Malugin of Fox, who does great reporting on this, talking about How they're using fake passports down there at the border, too. Play four.
1: Take a look at this internal alert that we obtained from our sources. This was sent out by Border Patrol's Tucson Sector Intelligence Unit, warning agents they're seeing a huge influx of fake, fraudulent, or altered passports coming from Guinea, specifically from adults who are changing their dates of birth to try to masquerade as unaccompanied minors in an effort to get into the United States better. It warns agents on what to look out, uh, shows them what real and fake passports look like like even says officials in the Guinean government may be involved in telling them to do this. And it also says that any passports issued in the Guinean municipality of Kanakri after June of 2023 should be considered fake or fraudulent.
2: Fake passports with state sponsor behind it, in this case, West Africa, uh, Guinea. Um, my friends, I remember Border Patrol telling me, that they had a 33-year-old, this was years ago, I said, what was the record? They had a 33-year-old posing as a 17-year-old to get in as an unaccompanied minor. Oh, but we're a nation of immigrants. Well, uh, there are a lot of frauds. Are we a nation of frauds? There are a lot of frauds crossing the border. Document fraud is being committed, lying to federal officers being committed. Oh, but no, that's not law. Really? Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? 800-282-2882, 800 At you, what do you think about what the situation at the border is these days? And is it going to change? Let's talk about it. Is there a change coming to the U.S. dollar this year? Former Wall Street insider Tika Tiwari still very much believes that this can and will happen this year. Tika believes the biggest risk to Americans is not the spreading war in Ukraine, instability in the Middle East, but security of the U.S. dollar. He's so adamant on this point that he's published a video online with all the details, including how you might prepare. Look, Tika wants you to just hear him out on this one because he's going to give you things that you can do to prepare now before this becomes clear to everybody and then it's too late. Go to MoveYourCashNow.com. That's MoveYourCashNow.com to learn the three steps you need to take to protect and grow your wealth in the coming months and year. Moveyourcashnow.com or you could end up with dollars that are worth, well, maybe nothing. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group.
1: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
2: Twelve days until the Iowa caucuses, everybody. That's right. You know, there's a, an election year going on right now. We are in an election year. I'm um, excited. Clay and I are both very much looking forward to uh, talking to you about all the things that happen this year. We think it'll be a pretty crazy year in terms of politics. A lot of, uh, a lot of things happening that can't even begin to foresee right now. Um, you have so many things that we've discussed that are all lining up to be possible, uh, precursors to a huge shift, major surprise. Anyway. We have right now, 12 days until Iowa, some interesting things happening. just wanted to update you on this, and maybe we could talk a little about where you think it's all going. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is building momentum. She has doubled fundraising. She has done $24 million of fundraising in three months. So Nikki Haley, and I'm seeing some polls that are putting her in second in Iowa. I believe that's right. Definitely in New Hampshire. Maybe I'm confusing Iowa and New Hampshire. Maybe Ron is in, scratch that. I think Ron is always pretty much in second in in Iowa. But, like, polls change, who knows. But Nikki Haley definitely has strength in New Hampshire. And so people are still going back to this conversation, which I I know we've all been told it's not going to happen. Right. Not going to happen that uh, Nikki Haley is the VP for Donald Trump. That's really what's out there. That's the conversation. A lot of people who are close into Trump world say, no, 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 no. But there are some others who say, well, maybe you don't know what you can expect from Trump. And I'm just telling you right now, I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you I had a a read on this one. But somebody who does have a read on it, who has certainly shared her opinion, is another vice presidential candidate christy nome the governor of south dakota and here she is talking about nikki haley as a potential trump vp and i think you should hear it play 20
4: If he picked her, I would tell him I disagreed with him, but then I would support the ticket because
2: he's still the president and the president still makes the decisions. And, you know, I just I've had a lot of disagreements with Nikki Haley over the years, and I just don't know which Nikki Haley is going to show up every day. She's she's a different person, depending on whatever works for her
5: political agenda. So
2: I just what I love about President Trump and what I think the American people love about President Trump is that he's just himself and he's just genuine. He's just a normal human being who tells the truth and gets up every day fighting for people. He has no reason to do this job other in the fact that he really truly does believe in america and he wants to put the people out there they
4: get up every day and go to work he wants to put them first
2: Ooh, did you catch the beginning of that there don't know which nikki haley is going to show up does whatever is best for her politically like uh that's he's not holding back so the trump vp sweepstakes uh is certainly underway and you're going to hear a lot of names going back and forth on this one. By the way, I, look whether Trump wins the primary or not, the sweepstakes is underway. People are I always get this. Oh, but we haven't even seen the votes in Iowa, and maybe we have a huge surprise, and Ron DeSantis, or you know, whatever. Oh, sure, fine, fine. I don't know. I it, it would be it, at this point if Trump did not win the Republican primary. Is it fair to say it would be the biggest surprise in politics since Trump won in 2016? I, I think so, right? Is there, would there be a bigger surprise, um, than Trump somehow having someone come from behind at this point to beat him than Trump beating Hillary in 2016? I asked that question openly. You can take it, uh, whichever direction you like, but there's also some of the other folks who are still in the mix here. Vivek Ramaswamy has stopped, his campaign has stopped spending money in a number of states because uh, he's not going to be president, which I've told you all along. It's very clear, you know, but he's been an interesting voice in the discussion. Uh, he has been a uh, kind of an adjunct of the Trump campaign. So Trump had a voice, in a sense, in the debates, even though Trump didn't show up at the debates. And so Vivek filled that role, but he's, you know, he's polling at like 1% in a bunch of places. This is not going to happen. He's not going to be president. Um, I mean, you know, there, you could say that somebody at this point would have as much of a shot of being president if they were a write-in candidate. He's, he's not going to be president. It's interesting that DeSantis, I think, has, has lost some patience with the, uh, the Ramaswamy approach to things. Because Vivek, as you know, or, or I don't know if we talked about this in the show actually, but after Trump had the state Supreme Court in Colorado remove him from the ballot. And now it's going to the higher level court, courts. To wait. We'll talk about the ballot access thing third hour, by the way. So stick around for that. Or, or ballot access isn't the right term really. Uh, is it? I mean, just being on the ballot. Um, we'll talk about that, but in the meantime, uh, Vivek wanted other candidates to also withdraw or else he said they are complicit. So Trump is off the ballot because of insurrection. But then Vivek says, well, everyone now should remove themselves from the ballot. This is like logistically uh, annoying. And if I were running a campaign, I'd be like, why is it not? It's not my problem. But Vivek says it is. Ron DeSantis uh responded in this way to Vivek on it. plane 19
4: just absurd. I mean, I have a responsibility to accumulate delegates. I'm not going to unilaterally cede any. I'm going to win as many as I can. And I've been very clear about both of those decisions in those states. It's not consistent with the Constitution. I do expect them to get reversed. I've raised the question about Biden. I mean, if he has greenlit eight million illegals invading this country, is he eligible to be on? So we can play this game all along. I think it's not going to end up well for our country. But I do know this, that if any of the other ones of us had gotten kicked off the ballot trump would be spiking the football let's just be clear that that is just the yeah. fact of the matter
2: hmm. so there you have it uh he's not pulling himself off the ballot in colorado he clearly the the desantis campaign and this has been known for months um is hoping for a surprise win in iowa that will change perception about this you 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 have as much ability to predict the future on this as, as I do. Uh, the polls all tell us very clearly that it's not even going to be close. Maybe the polls are wrong. Okay. Uh, so that's something that's going on. You also have a, a series of, um, of debates and things like that that are going to be coming up here. You've got Fox News and Trump are going to be counter-programming the CNN Iowa debate next week. So CNN is going to have an Iowa debate before the caucuses for, um, Nikki Haley and, uh, Ron DeSantis and guys, is there, is, is Vivek in that one or no? I've actually, I've actually need to check this. I don't think so. I think it's just, is it just Nikki Haley and, and Ron? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Just Nikki Haley and Ron. Um, so Trump is going to be doing on Fox, uh, a, Town Hall in Des Moines, Iowa. So CNN's going to have Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis debating. I'm going to tell you this right now. I think it's going to be boring. I think you need Vivek up there to make it interesting. Because you need Vivek and Nikki Haley to just, you know, get after it. I, I don't know. I mean, Ron and Nikki Haley, they're going to take shots at each other's records. But there's a, there's a baseline level of respect there. Vivek and Nikki Haley, they don't like each other. And that's, that's definitely come across. So that just makes for, I'm just saying from a viewer perspective, it's not going to be as interesting without Vivek up there on the stage. So I do wish that he was on the stage because it just would make for a better exchange of ideas and certainly better sound bites for this show. Uh, Vivek is an incredible sound bite machine. I will say he is, uh, his dexterity, maybe agility, better word than Nick, dexterity, his, his agility, on his feet on a range of issues and dealing with a hostile media is uh is phenomenal and and to give him credit for one here they came after him with the uh why won't you condemn white supremacy thing because th- this is the game this is the ultimate or or I should say the uh common version of when did you stop beating your wife and then you say well i i, I never i never beat my wife and they take that sound, oh questions about whether so-and-so is a wife beater he had to answer them this way right this is it's pure propaganda it's slime it's gross you know it i know we all know it but they still do this right they did the same thing to trump back in 2016 Will, will you disavow david duke i remember this david duke i swear to you when they asked this question i was like is that guy even alive still i didn't even know i hadn't heard about him in years was it the last time you heard about David Duke? I mean, if, if you walked up to somebody, you said, you know, you know excuse me, sir, you know, do, do, do you disavow Adolf Hitler? It's like, well, yeah, I've, I mean, of, of course, why are you asking me that question? This is what the media does. This is what they do. This is what they do. Uh, and Vivek wasn't having it, and he did a great job. I, I give him the guy's skills are beyond question. His skills are beyond question. Um and here is a a snippet of those skills on display. Uh this is him dealing with the why don't you condemn white supremacy question from I think WAP uh, Washington Post. Play it.
4: I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine, and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost Trust. And I know you're gonna go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is, I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. You wanna know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that and we're gonna move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country to a breaking point.
2: A-plus answer from Vivek, and I think he will be a, a very effective cabinet member of the Trump administration, part two. All right, look, we don't think about the towels in our home very often. I'm not saying we take them from granted, but, you know, we kind of do until we notice that they're not really feeling so good and not absorbing so well, your towels get old, they get worn, they don't have a forever shelf life, so you got to get new ones, right? Well, this is where I'm coming in, telling you that our friends at My Pillow have the My Towels now, and they're amazing. We've got them here at home, Karen and I absolutely love them. We've got the My Towels hanging up in the bathroom right now, and look, it's just nice. You use towels every day, right, or pretty much every day. Um I mean, I shower a couple times a day, maybe that's too much, but Point is, I love having nice, soft, absorbent towels. You want it to absorb the water, but you want it to feel good on your skin. The My Towels gives you exactly that. You get a six-piece set for an introductory sale price of twenty nine ninety-eight with our names Clay and Buck as the promo code. You can get the designer premium line for just twenty dollars more. I like to be a little fancy. I wear a top hat and a monocle, apparently, and I go with the fancier one. But you can do either twenty-nine ninety-eight or if you want to go fancy, twenty dollars more. Great price, great product on both ends of the skill. Honestly, I would get both and then see which one you like and then get more of those the next time around. Find this offer. Just go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and check out the my towel six piece towel set. Get 50% in savings. Remember enter promo code clay and buck for this special and many more. When you go to mypillow.com use promo code clay and buck.
1: The Clay & Buck Podcast deep dives with cool content. Surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and
3: silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can
2: look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two,
0: To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Nowadays,
2: 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk.
3: You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone Welcome
2: back everybody. All We're taking some calls here. Then we're going to talk about the uh, ballot maneuver that they are pulling to try to keep Trump off the ballot. I don't think it's going to work, but we'll discuss that in the third hour. More calls, more news, more important things to discuss. And we have uh, Mike in New Brunswick, Canada, who is up. What's up, Mike?
5: Hey, how are you today?
2: I'm good, sir. Thank you for listening up north.
5: Well, great. I listen pretty much every day. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way.
2: Happy New Year to you, sir.
5: Um, the reason I'm calling is I did want to talk about the southern border. I'm a transplanted Texan. I've been in Canada for quite some time now. And uh, believe me, it's not that we don't have our own trouble with our own dictator up here. I'm sure you know who he is.
2: Oh, yeah. He's one of my least favorite world leaders. I mean, if I had to have lunch with <laughs> Trudeau or Kim Jong-un, I don't know. It's a close call.
5: It really is a close call. I don't know. I think they have a competition with uh, Biden and Trudeau to see who can bring their country down the quickest. But uh, anyhow, all that aside, uh, regarding the border, I cross the border here in Maine to Canada two times a week for work. It's a strange situation. I work on a place called Campobello Island, and you have to go through the state of Maine to get to Canada. Whatever. Anyway, the Roosevelt... Anyway, the reason I wanted to I wanted to talk to you really quickly was because I talked to some border agents that uh, I see quite regular, and of course they get transfers in every now and then, and I've talked to probably about four or five of them that have been transferred in from the southern border down there.
2: To the north. So uh, wait, so so they're transferred from the southern border to the northern border?
5: Yeah, from like uh, I think one was down Eagle Pass. I know there was another one from Yuma. Uh, there was, I think, two out of Texas and three out of Arizona, or might have that backwards. But it's one of the I
2: mean, times. man, that, if I were in Border Patrol, it sounds like that's getting, that's getting transferred from, uh, a, a rundown motel to a four-star resort or something. North Border sounds like an easy duty by comparison, anyway.
5: It, it really, really is, because, I mean, of course, I asked him, because, you know, the cold weather up here is not exactly, uh, you know, pleasant winters, right?
1: That's true. Yeah.
5: But, uh, I asked him, just out of curiosity, I said, look, I haven't been home texas for like 10 years and i haven't been on the border down there for god 20 25 years and i mean it used to be you know pretty well controlled when i i lived in and i lived down in south texas both but uh anyway i asked him like how do you like it up here kind of just making small talk i said so tell me up front tell me honest what's it like down there on the southern border and they just looked at me, I took a couple of eye rolls and say, it's like a war zone. <laughs> so you must like it up here. Oh yeah, they're very happy to be up here in the cold.
2: Yeah. So well, the thank you. Th- thank you for calling in, Mike. Um, look, the, the situ, the numbers, uh, make it very clear. There's, there's no debating it. I mean, the border is the worst that it has ever been. And we are, we are paying for, we are literally paying for this, uh, with your tax dollars. Um, you're paying for the ineffective, measures and and the inability of personnel down there to do their jobs uh you're paying for the services that are being accessed and and in some cases you know four-star hotels that the migrants are being put up in so it, it's a bad it's a mess and we we are at this point where you'll notice you don't really hear a word very often from biden in the media even really from republicans although trump is talking about it more deportations. Sending people back to the countries that they have uh, a passport from or where they are nationals of and not allowing this to continue. And doing this on a massive scale. If it's not that, we are on a downslope toward eventual amnesty and the transformation of the American electorate with it. We all know it. So... Which candidates right now are talking about deportation? Trump? DeSantis? I'd be very curious to know what Nikki Haley thinks on the issue. I wonder if she'll get asked that next week. But that word, deportation, it's got to get a whole lot more attention. Because everything else that people are talking about, at best, is a band-aid for the situation. And in most cases, might even make it worse. Talk more about this and also... Where does it stand with their efforts to kick Trump off the ballot in Colorado and Maine and more? That's coming up in a big third hour.